Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to a special presentation of iHeartRadio, AMFM, 247.com. Tune in, iTunes Radio Loyalty. And we've got Chuck Vollmer with us today. He joins us live here on our big program, and uh, we are going to be talking with him. He is the Jobonomics uh, expert, and uh, find him on Twitter, Chuck Vollmer, C-H-U-C-K-V-O-L-L-M-E-R. And uh, we are going to bring in our panelists here, Don Mazzella and Dan Perkins as well, to uh, talk with Chuck today. He is uh, an absolutely, absolutely amazing guy, and uh, we've had him on the broadcast before. We have had all sorts of people who have wanted to uh, have him back, so we wanted to uh, get him on today and uh, discuss uh, different things going on. So as we uh, pull up here our um, our panelists, Don Mazzella and Dan Perkins, and of course IQ out Rizzoli, um, Chuck, you have an amazing background. You have put a lot of time and effort into uh, some some of the different things that you're involved with. And today we're talking Goldman Sachs predicting 2018 will take the weakest labor market to the tight to the tightest one. And uh, joining us, I believe, on Skype is uh, Don here. Don Mazzella. Don Mazzella and IQ Rizzoli. We've got Chuck Vollmer with us today. He is the Jobonomics uh, expert with us today. Now, um, Chuck, break down this topic about Goldman Sachs predicting 2018 will take the weakest labor market to the tightest one, and then uh, I'm sure IQ and, and Don and everybody will have some questions for you. Well, I think that uh, the all the... Uh Indicators uh, that the highly advertised indicators, the stock market, consumer confidence, the unemployment rate are very, very uh, uh, strong positive indicators. Uh, our jobonomics view of the world is that the near term looks good, but uh, the uh, the far term is very problematic. And uh, the reason we say it's problematic is that uh, – the labor force is in severe decay. Uh, small businesses are in severe decay. Uh, severe decay, and when uh, when Goldman Sachs or the Fed talks about tight labor markets, uh, they tend to believe that that means that wages are going to go up. But the fact of the matter is, wages are going to go up for very few, and the vast majority of the people are going to have a hard time finding work. Jiggy, well, that's fascinating. But while it was on. Uh can you call um, uh, Dan? His uh, Skype's not working. I will. Uh, I will actually uh, give him a call here in about thirty minutes. Once we finish up here with Chuck, um, Chuck Vollmer with us today. He's a jobonomics expert. He is fantastic, and uh, the New York-based investment banking and securities firm raised its growth outlook for 2018. 2.5% lowers its forecast from unemployment to 3.7% by the end of 2018, said Goldman Chief Economics expert, co-author of the note, which was released by email late Friday. And um, Don, what, what, what do you make of all this? We've got the jobonomics expert with us today, Chuck Vollmer. I know you've got some questions for him. Well, 
who am I to argue with the with the jobonomics expert? But I happen to agree with him in, in many respects. We're going through a massive uh, re um, reeducation in terms of what's required by uh, to, to uh, earn a job and to earn promotion in America today. I saw um, a study. Uh, uh, I forget where I saw it. Uh, where it said that. 33, 33% of all jobs will, by, by 2022, will, will be, uh, somehow related to robot, robotics and, uh, intelligent IA and that will require that, uh, uh, Americans change the way they work. So, um, I have no doubt that he's correct. What do you think about that in terms of what what the uh, Goldman study came out and said? Well, I guess there. Yeah, first of all, uh, you know, when uh, let's talk about the uh, the automation and uh, the artificial intelligence. I think that is a that is a, an existential threat. Even the people like uh, uh, Bill Gates and uh, Elon Musk say that artificial is an existential threat to the United uh, to the economy over a number of years. Now, what do they mean by that? Is that we're moving? The United States uh, has the private sector has about 120 million people in it. About 60 percent of those people are full-time jobs, okay, with the traditional benefits and and, and those type of things. But about 40 percent are called contingent workers, okay. They're 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 depend they're part-time workers. They're uh, uh, either by choice or by necessity, or they're uh, day laborers, or they're contract workers, or they're freelancers, or that type of thing. And what's happening is that the contingent workforce by 2025 will be 50, 60 percent of the workforce, and the standard workforce will be about 40. And the reason is because of automation and uh, artificial intelligence agents. And uh, let me stop there, and I'll continue to go on and explain exactly why, if you're interested. Don, jump okay, jump so, in there, my friend. Okay, so why I might try to listen to him. He's smarter than I am. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, what's happening in because of the network and digital technology? Uh, we call it the network technology revolution is coming on so strong. And uh, what is happening is that the reason that uh, the companies are outsourcing not only overseas but to the contingent workforce is because the robotics are, are becoming much more cheaper uh, to, uh, to uh, than labor. Now, we we're familiar with a lot of robotics on the uh, factory floor that has been, been going on, uh, but we're also the robotics, the artificial intelligence agents. And think of Siri or Cordova or Echo that you have in your home now. Those are all artificial intelligence agents. Well, these things are getting smarter and smarter and smarter, and it's allowing companies to say, okay, I don't need a full-time uh, job because I can break it into a bunch of uh, part-time jobs, and I can further break it into task-oriented jobs. And on the on the web, you can go to Amazon, Turk, or Fiverr, or any of these things, and, and bid for little task-oriented kind of jobs. And because the technology is so smart today, what has, what's able to, what companies are able to do is take a, a full-time job and break it into part-time job or tasks, outsource it to people that uh, to do this, and then reassemble it. 
through the technologies into a finished product. Uh, so what's happening is the workforce is is getting tighter and tighter. Uh, tighter means that prior to the recession, there were seven open. Uh, uh, there were seven people that uh, for every seven uh, people that were unemployed, there were uh, you know set where every person that they were unemployed, there were seven job openings. Now it's one to one. That means that people that don't have a lot of high skills are going to have a very difficult time to get a job. Those that have high skills in a type labor market are able to get really nice pay. For the other people, you don't have many alternatives to go to part-time work or to under welfare. You know, can I jump in here? You know, uh, growing up, uh, um, I read many science fiction uh, stories, etc., about uh, and then the Foundation series, etc., where many of the tasks of mankind would be taken over by machines. And we seem to be rapidly moving towards that. But I remember one story in particular where uh, there were two warring factions and they fed all of man's knowledge into a computer to ask it one question, is there a God? And the, re- the computer replied, there is now. Is, is that a, a, something that should be worrisome to people, or uh, will man, uh, mankind find a way to, to, uh, around uh, this this, obst- this uh, opportunity, which becomes an obstacle? Well, first of all, yeah, the answer is yes and no. On the on the on the yes side, we're going to be able to find a way, and that's what Jobonomics does a lot of work on. Is how do I? Uh, look at the next generation, the digital savvy generation. We call the Generation Z the youngster screenagers for the amount of time they spend on the screen. We figured out these kids don't want standard full-time jobs like we all had. Okay, they want a bunch of part-time jobs. They want to be apps developers in the afternoon, bartenders in the evening, and Uber drivers in between, and they're going to glue together these part-time jobs. So we're going to figure out a way through the, this automation and in the technical term, they're called centaurs. A centaur is uh, half human and half robot working together. Not like the traditional, you know, mythical centaur, but a centaur. And this is so we're going to figure out the human-machine interface because there's things that machines can do and things that human can do. But to answer your your long-term question, that I mentioned, uh, Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, Stephen Hawking. They all said that, that when artificial intelligence gets to a point of singularity, this is the science fiction stuff here. When it gets to sing, when when the computers get as smart as human, that will hurt sometime late in maybe twenty three hundred or late in the you know twenty seventy. When they hit, when machines get to general intelligence, the same as union, that is when the problems start. And because machines, you know, are don't, they don't have to sleep. You know, they have, they can have access to any database around the world. Uh, that type of thing. They'll be cheaper than human labor. Now, some some people in in the world that are really forward looking people, looking at the end of the century, they're talking about a, a universal uh, wage. That means that. Okay, all the machines are going to do the work, and then we're going to have to figure out how to distribute all the uh, the wealth that we have. 
and it's kind of like an ultra, you know, communistic type of thing without, you know, the the implications of the old thing. But it is fact is that let the machines work. We'll figure out how to take care of everybody, and everybody will get at least a minimum uh, uh, annual salary. Let's say it's thirty thousand dollars, you know, that type of thing. The other the other side of the the coin where they say it's an existential threat is when the machines reach singularity, general intelligence, they will reach super intelligence in a very short time after that. In other words, they get so smart, it'll be like, you know, a human talking to a, you know, to a bug, you know, we'll be in the bug and they've got some, they're so smart that, uh, that, that even though, uh, you know, we won't be able to contain, uh, contain that. That's why Elon Musk is, is put together a consortium right now. And Elon Musk is a guy that does SpaceX and Tesla and Sun City. He said that He's already put it in program now, and uh, trying to raise a billion dollars. Is how do we control these robots and these artificial intelligence agents, uh, and and make it so that they're not hack proof or they can't take over the world? So, this is way downstream. This is twenty, you know, uh, you know, twenty thirty stuff. Uh, uh, not twenty thirty, but uh, twenty three hundred uh, level kind of discussion. But nearer term. Uh, this whole issue of automation and uh, in outsourcing to the contingent workforce is a real near-term problem. And uh, President uh, Trump's goal of creating 25 million new jobs uh, over the next 10 years is, is absolutely necessary, but he's not going to do it by manufacturing that is turning increasing increasingly to uh, automation and robotics to replace workers. Can I, uh, Jiggy? Could I ask another question? Yeah, jump in there, my friend. Um, well, it's a fascinating subject that I uh, I've looked at um, uh, for a while. But uh, America has been based on the fact that it can absorb immigrants because there are always more than enough jobs for the new immigrants, often the lowest rung jobs, but always the new jobs. Now, this has a fantastic implementation. Impl- implications for um, uh, the immigrants. Uh, uh, IQ's on here, and I'm sure he wants to jump in here and talk about uh, how these uh, various immigrant groups are um, uh, coalescing around communities and, uh, in effect, working for each other. But there's not enough jobs going around that to absorb them, and they're going to make them disaffected. What do you say to that? Well, I tend to be pro-legal immigration, uh, and and for the reasons that, uh, for a number of reasons. Number one is that we got to deal with the issue. Uh, 2011 was the first year in the United States where uh, minority births were, and immigrant births, you know, uh, were were greater than uh, than white births, and and by uh, 2050. In this first half of this century, 63% of all the population gains are going to be by Hispanics. So when you start looking at immigrant uh, and sons of immigrants, illegal immigrants, and sons and daughters of illegal immigrants, we have to we have to deal with that issue from a jobs. Now the good news is immigrants and sons of immigrants are much more entrepreneurial. They're the ones starting new business. Uh, at a much higher rate than than the white community does, because the white community, generally speaking, and this is generally speaking, uh, tend to be programmed into 
traditional old type of businesses. You know, we, we've got the immigrants come in, and again, legal immigrations and so forth. And for example, Elon Musk is an immigrant. Okay, he was born in South Africa, and he went to Canada before he came to American cities. You know, half of the Fortune 500 companies are are started by sons of immigrants. So, what we need to do is capture that talent. Okay, and that's why I'm in favor of what the, the president is doing on a merits-based uh, immigration system. You know, in, in a digital economy, which is going to be as big as the uh, traditional economy in the next 15, 20 years, uh, we need you know the, the people that are entrepreneurial that and that are digitally savvy and being able to create businesses. Uh, in the in the digital economy and mass produced businesses, uh, particularly small businesses, and if they do that, we'll have plenty of jobs. We our jobonomics forecast just on the digital economy alone, the next fifteen years we could create twenty million new jobs. But that is creating the micro businesses in the digital economy to be able to to, to support those. Now, where where we can get the talent? I mean, Canada has got an open uh, system right now, uh, Marispace. To, they're looking for all the brainiacs around the world to, to bring them into Canada to, to help them pursue the digital economy. Uh, Japan's doing the same thing, and Japan has really been a closed society. And I, and I think that what, what the president is doing is, is good, especially if it's Marispace. You know, it's funny. You're, you're the first one commentator in a long time I've talked to that actually says President Trump has done something good. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. IQ, don't you want to jump in here on, on anything? Of course I would. It all, all, you know, positive thinking, which is great. The gentleman is talking about legal immigrant. I agree with him and I agree with Trump. I've always agreed with Trump about legal immigration. The problem is bringing in people who are who are not going to assimilate or integrate or contribute. And this is a serious problem. What's happening in Europe, they're bringing in Africans, mostly from Muslim countries, who will never integrate, they will never in assimilate, and they will never contribute anything. I know it sounds uh, obscene what I'm talking about, I know. But uh, I challenge any human being to prove me wrong. I'll give you an example. There are 57 Muslim-majority states in the world with 1,500 million people in them. There isn't a single one of them which is a functional uh, economy. Except if uh, you talk about Saudi Arabia, they've got oil. But intellectually, zero, none. They don't exist. Not one of them has an accredited university. 57 states, not a single one of them with an accredited university. Africa is doubling up in the population. They cannot sustain themselves. Not because Africa cannot sustain themselves. Because the economies are in shambles, because they're backward, because they're dictatorships, they're corrupt. And this is what's happening. So the rosy part is America must bring in people who will contribute. 100% I agree with the gentleman. People who cannot contribute should not be allowed to come to the United States of America. What do you think? Uh, oh, I agree. The you know when we talk about when the president talks about a merit based, and we've written you can go on our website. And we talk a lot about merit based immigration and and uh, the whole thing. Merit based is not only a skill; uh, it is also uh, got points for uh, can you speak our language, and they also have points for can you assimilate. 
And uh, a lot of the points on the the, the simulation thing, can you start a business? And by the way, do you have the money to start a business? Those are what what the merit-based immigration systems that are being around the world are looking at. A, uh, do you have a college degree? B, do you have money that you're not going to go on the welfare? C, can you speak the language? D, can you start a business? Okay, and, and, and E, will you swear to become a good American, a good Canadian, or a good what? Now, the problem in, uh, in Europe, and I spent, I spent a lot of time in the Middle East, in Europe, what happened, they, they just opened the floodgates. Uh, the uh, Europeans have a, uh, an aging uh, population, uh, and, and so what the Germans in particular did was they opened the floodgates to, to bring in the lower-end labor. But they didn't anticipate that so many people would come in and all the attended problems of, of not assimilating. Now, in Europe, uh, they don't assimilate the Muslims. Uh, they've got essentially the ghettos in Paris, and uh, most of the ghettos in, uh, in, uh, in, in Paris are Algerians. Okay? The, most of the, uh, the Muslims in, uh, in, the, in the Germany are Turks. Uh, most of the Muslims in, uh, in England are uh, Indians or uh, Pakistanis. So, but Europe hasn't been able to assimilate. The good news of the United States, to a large degree, our Muslim population is very assimilated into our society. I have to, with all due respect, I have to disagree with you on something. It wasn't yeah. that okay. Europeans, no, it was not the Europeans who did not assimilate them. It is the Muslims who will not assimilate with the Europeans. For one I, simple I, 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 I agree with that. Yes, well, it's very important. The difference is not European racism. No, it is Islamic racism. It's so important. And Islamic racism is not only against Christians. It's not against Jews. It's against anybody who's not a Muslim. This is a fact of reality. And unless and until the Western leaders wake up to this, we, the Europe is facing a catastrophe. As I, was, I live in Europe. I live in Europe and I can see what's happening. And it is self-destructive. They got in one and a half million so-called immigrants. That was an invasion. Why? 85% of these people were young men, aged 17 to 39 or 40. Military age. They don't speak the language. They have no money. They have no education. So what is Europe going to do with them? Well, if they listened to President Trump, if they did an extreme vetting, that they wouldn't have had those guys. And I think that's what he means by extreme vetting. This is why I, this is why I supported Trump from the very beginning. You need vetting. You need to bring in people who will contribute, not to bring people who will become paras parasites. And that's what's happening. They are parasitic. They, by the way, the national health services in Europe are collapsing. Why? Because 40% of it is being used by the so-called immigrants. 40%. We've got, I understand. We, we've got a uh, great guest with us today. Chuck Bomer joins us here in a broadcast. We have a little bit... Uh, little bit of time here with with Chuck before we have uh, got to let him go today. Um, IQ. Sorry, sorry, What about Africa? What do you think is going to happen with Africa? 
Well, I don't spend a lot of time in Africa. I think it's a, it's a unique uh, continent full of a lot of uh, uh, natural resources. Uh, but our focus is on America bringing jobs and mass-producing jobs in the United States because we think the economy is uh, not sustainable unless we uh, further develop the workforce and and implement skills-based training to be able to fill the open jobs and then also position us for the new uh, jobs in the energy economy and the digital economy. So I really don't have uh, any any authority to speak about Africa. No problem. Thank you. We've got uh, Chuck Vollmer with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. And um, Chuck, uh, before we let you go, because I, I know we're up against the clock here, um, how do people get a hold of you online, pick up your material, all that? Uh, we have a website. It's Jobonomics, uh, J-O-B, Job, and E, and Nomics, JobEnomics dot com. Uh, we have uh, most of our literature. We have eight e-books uh, on there. Uh, we do a quarterly uh, employment report to show where the jobs are, and a quarterly unemployment report. And these are like three hundred pages worth of material. So we offer that free. You can download it. Uh, the unemployment uh, talks about why people are leaving the workforce as twice as much, as twice as fast. And we also have a dozen initiatives going on in different cities uh, around the country. We take this information and trying to create a, a, job, a business and jobs creation program for each of the uh, the cities and uh, counties that are interested in doing so. So have your people take a look at it, and if you want uh, us to come out and uh, and work with your area, we would uh, we would we'd love to have that opportunity. Well, definitely. Well, uh, we are going to let you go for today, my friend. I, I appreciate you being with us today. Thank you. Okay. God bless you all, and uh, and happy holidays. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, my friend. And IQ, uh, I'm going to hang up with you. I'm going to call you right back after our break, and I'm going to get Dan in here, and I'll be right back with you. Give me about two minutes. Be right back, my friend. <laughs> IQ, Al Rizzoli, Don Mazzella, and, of course, Chuck Vomer. We're taking a timeout. When we come back, we have got more coming up. It is the holiday time. And I'm Joe London. Actually, I'm not Joe London. Attention, this is a public notice from Citizens Disability. If you are one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be entitled to disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right if you suffer from a physical or mental disability. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, Citizens Disability can help. You'll be who will evaluate your situation, handle your application, and deal with Social Security. Best of all, there is no fee until you receive your benefits. We only get paid if you win your case. To get started with your free no-obligation consultation, call 800-504-1639. That's 800-504-1639. There are a vast number of conditions that can make you eligible for disability benefits, many that you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, Call Citizens Disability today. Again, that's 800-504-1639. 800-504-1639. That's Citizens Disability. 800-504-1639.
Hello, everybody. I'm Kip Marlowe, author of The Entrepreneur's Success and Sacrifice. If you're interested in starting a business, growing your current one, or just need some inspiration, this is the book for you. Learn the secrets of success from entrepreneurs like Arlene Neen, who just started her seventh company at the age of 96. Order it at ecrsuccess.com or at Amazon and learn 22 stories of ordinary people who became wildly successful. It could change your life. We are going to call Dan Perkins and get him in here on our next segment here. And I believe this, there's Dan Perkins. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Okay. I don't I'm know gonna... what's going on with my Skype, but it's not working. Hey, not not a problem. It's 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 technology, and I often, every time something like this happens, I always go, why can't we just go back to the typewriter? Um, we well, are gonna... I, the problem is that I'm on the <laughs> Code, and so mostly I, I do most of my stuff from home, and that's yeah. working. But they brought out a new operating system for the phone for, for iPhone, and whenever they do that, whenever they put an update in, it just screws everything, and I have to go back, back and reprogram everything. I think that's what happened. Well, uh, we've got IQ Arizoli with us, and uh, I've been trying to get Dawn back in here. But for IQ, whatever... how are you, bud? I'm fine. How are you? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cold. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, and it's about 42 degrees and gray, and that's why I moved to Florida, but I had to come back for business. <laughs> and I don't get to go back to Florida until tomorrow. Now, um, we, were, we were talking so, a little... Good to hear. Good to hear. We were talking to uh, Chuck Vollmer uh, about jobonomics uh, a few moments ago, and... Uh, uh, IQ, now that we've got Dan on, um, I know that uh, you probably have some questions and some topics you want to broach with Dan, so I'm going to jump out of the way and let you jump in there. <laughs> what I want Dan to tell me, what does he think uh, Trump will do about Jerusalem? I didn't hear the last of that. What will Trump do about what? Jerusalem. Jerusalem because tomorrow he's supposed to make a decision. Yeah, um, well, you know, I I have a thought, but I want to ask you a question. Go. Um, Jerusalem, in, in, in history, in the as, as long as it's been around, hmm. has always been the seat of multiple religions. And so I, I don't understand why there's a potentially a religious uh, connotation for why we should put the embassy. If, if Tel Aviv, theoretically, if the, the Israeli people and the government decided that Tel Aviv was going to be the capital of the country, uh, moving the embassy away from the capital and putting it somewhere in Jerusalem, um, I don't see how that necessarily helps our relationship with, with, with the Israelis of being, having it moved. I understand there is some serious uh, objections on the Palis- by the Palestinians and some of the um, other Muslim groups. But why, why, uh, my question to you, considering the fact that the name Jerusalem never ever appeared in the Quran, never appeared in the Hadith, all of a sudden since 1967, Jerusalem became important. Jerusalem only becomes important. When the Christians or the Jews say it is important, 
But for Islam, right. it was never important. Yes, uh, agreed, agreed. But but I I get I guess um, I I would love to see it as as a Christian IQ. I would love to see the U.S. embassy in. I would love to see the U.S. embassy in Jerusalem. Absolutely, as a Christian, uh, because if we are ever going to save this nation, we're going to have to move back to our Judeo-Christian rights uh, uh, and 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 history and culture and beliefs. Uh, and and so I think having the embassy in the Holy City is is. Is, is fine with me. Trump, wow, that's, that's really a tough one. Um, May I interrupt you? I, I, Trump, Trump has two choices. Trump has two choices. He's got two of them. Okay. One, to okay. move the embassy. And the other one, to say that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel and not move the embassy. He can do that. Either way, but, the Muslim world would be shouting why would why would declaring Israel why would having Trump declare that Jerusalem is the capital city but not putting the embassy in there what would be the outcome of of the rationale of why Trump would do that I'll tell you why Can you, every, okay. every every article of the United Nations now coming up this completely separates the Jews and the Christians from Jerusalem and associate Jerusalem only with the Muslims. What Trump is trying to do, he is trying to, to undermine the United Nations assertion that the world belongs to the Muslims, that Jerusalem belongs to the Muslims. It doesn't belong to the Muslims. The Muslims took over this land, the Holy Land, in the year 637. Who did they take it from? The Byzantine Christians. And after they took it, they subjugated the Jews and the Christians under the Charter of Omar, the most humiliating charter ever conceived by human mind. So what are we discussing? I agree that moving the embassy is a political point or a political statement. But, Israel, but Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, has always been the capital of Israel. Only the right. Muslims keep saying it is not the capital of Israel. Only the Muslims. Right, right. See, I, uh, I, I, I won't fight or argue that logic at all. I would, I would suggest to you, IQ, that from, from what I can gather in talking to people, the movement that the UN did last year, in the last month of the Obama administration, in uh, uh, their censure of Israel, um, I think from what I hear, that that really, really um, kicked off Mr. Trump. And yes. Um, yes. so uh, uh, I, 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 I don't think the man has any love for the United Nations at all. Um, I don't think he trusts them. And I think that that action, which I thought was reprehensible on the part of, uh, of, the, of the UN, and, and, and uh, in essence, of Obama supporting that censure of Israel, um, I, I think it's one of those things that's that's um, a splinter in Mr. Trump's hand that he would like to get rid of, and I think 
one way to get rid of that is, in fact, to decide to move the uh, move the embassy to uh, um, to the holy city. But um, uh, as you're right, it's, it's always been the capital. It always been has been the seat uh, Jerusalem of of the uh, of the Jewish faith. But he he just might want to move the embassy just to um, piss off a bunch of people that he doesn't like. Not only that's what I'm saying to you. He will not move the embassy. He will well, delay another six months. But what is pissing off the, the Muslims, not the embassy. The fact that he is suggesting that he is going to say that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. That's what's pissing them off. Not the embassy, by the way. All of them. Uh, can, I, can I jump in here and I oh. give you another reason why he's doing it? Yeah. It's very popular among fundamental Christians, they are um, in a um, in a survey. I know how Dan feels about the survey, but um, but in a survey done by, by of all people, the New York Times and uh, buried in the back page, it found that seventy eight percent of uh, fundamental Christians believe that Israel should have its capital in Jerusalem. That is a high number, and. Um, it, you know, uh, what I love about Trump is everybody looks to the right while he does things to the left. And one of the things he's he's been doing very solidly is lining up the, his support amongst the fundamental Christians in, in the United States. If you did a survey, as uh, the, the Republican Party has done, uh, of the fundamental Christians, you will discover that he's got a plus 50 percent favorable rating if not into the 60s and uh, it's going to prove out in the next week in the in the alabama election where uh, i think the uh, democrats are going to be in for a surprise did you notice the white house this year christmas i have never seen the white house more christmasy at this time ever (laughs) no i I mean it honestly it was the most beautiful display of Christian fundamentalism that I have ever seen in the White House, literally. Well, you know, you know, I one of the things about that, about the Christmas decorations, I have not been able to find the last time what presidency had an actual nativity scene in the White House. Nobody. Trump has it. Yes. No, well, I, I can don't tell know you. Whether, the first okay. Bush. But he believes what? he believes what he's doing. He believes in the Judeo Christian. Yes. It's not, it's, not a, it's not an act. It's not uh, trying to be clever. No. He really believes it. And he always said, Merry Christmas. Eight, eight years right. later. Under Obama, we never heard. High holidays, you son of a bitch. High holidays? Why high holidays? Because we were trying to be politically correct. Well, I don't care to be politically correct. I'm incorrect. But you do also see uh, on the subject you were talking about, the United States withdrew from from, from uh, uh, the refugee uh, committee yes, yesterday. Yes, yes. The United Nations is a gangster nation. They're gangsters. 28% of the United Nations is Islamic. 28%. And the other 28% I bought by the Arabs with money. That's what happened. So you get 56% majority every single time. And the Europeans 
collude with the Muslims against America. Europeans, by the way. The Western ones, not the well, Eastern I, I wouldn't use the word collude. I, I believe uh, uh, are intimidated. They're, they're, collusion well, indicates that something that's there, that, that they have a purpose. Their purpose is they're scared to death of the Muslims, and they're doing whatever they can to try and pl placate them. Dan, you can't placate the Muslims, because the longer <laughs> you keep that, you, oh, can't, you can't start placating Hitler. They placated Hitler until he started World War II. You cannot a terrorist. Hmm. Oh, I hey, understand that. I'm just saying that they're trying to. They're well, trying to. They're good to hey, fail. fellas, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but the most important uh, 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 comment about uh, President Trump just came across my desk. It's from Senator Bernie Sanders. Uh, talking about the, he's, he's extremely concerned by reports that Pre President Trump plans to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of the state of Israel. You see? Exactly what I was saying. That's exactly what mm -hmm. I was saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He is concerned. He's a piece of garbage. He is concerned. Why is he concerned? He's an American. Why is he concerned? He's worried about the he's Muslim. A Jew, he's a Jewish American. He, no, there are very few Jewish Americans. He's not a <laughs> Jew. His father might have been Jewish. His mother other might have been Jewish, but he's as Jewish as a Catholic is a Catholic when he doesn't go to see, to, to the church and take the Eucharist. Yeah. No, these you know, people. I, I would I, I, now I would I would raise a, I, I'm just going to say a tiny bit of devil's advocate. Okay, just a tiny bit. Yeah. Okay. Is it is it a, is it appropriate? For example, what if what if Mr. Trump said, you know, I don't think I want the capital of England to be London. I think it ought to be uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah, Manchester. Why London? Why why not Manchester, the capital of England? But my point is, should should a foreign government have the right to declare where a country should have its capital? Of course not. Never happened before in history. It's the first time, and it's only by the. So what we're, and what, but, but what you're saying is that what Don is saying that Sanders is concerned that Trump will declare that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Correct. Well, is and I'm asking the question: Should the American government, president or whoever? Interfere in the rights of the people to name their own capital. Well, he's not interfering. He's only consolidating. You've got to understand the United Nations never ever agreed that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. That's right. the, whole the United Nations is Israel does not have a capital in Jerusalem. But, but Trump okay. is not saying uh, that the Jerusalem is. A capital. He's merely saying he's moving the uh, embassy to, to the capital. He's not recognizing it as the capital. Uh, Bernie Sanders is saying he's recognizing it as the, uh, as the capital. But that's not what he's do doing. He's Don't being you. very clever about it. He's simply moving well, I, the embassy. I, 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 right, you're, and you're, you're saying, if I heard you correctly, Don, that Bernie Sanders is saying in, uh, with 
between the lines. The fact that Trump would move the embassy to Jerusalem, he's de facto defining that the capital of the country is Jerusalem. Oh, no, he's going further. I'll read you the first sentence. I'm extremely concerned by reports that President Trump plans to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of the state of Israel. That's what, that, uh, that's what he said. That, that's exactly that's not, he is not going to move the, the embassy. He is only going to recognize what Israel has always said. It is our capital. And the United Nations says, no, it's not your capital. But, but, In the, but, a peace agreement. But if but if uh, I understand that he's only he's not not recognize it as the capital, he's merely moving the embassy to Jerusalem. Bernie Sanders. But, but Bernie Sanders. Quote from Bernie. Sorry, Bernie Sanders is saying. Sorry, the Democrats again are saying um, saying something that he didn't do, President. President Trump merely said he was moving the embassy to Jerusalem, but but he specifically said he was not recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. But Bernie Sanders is saying the reports that he's going to do it, and and you've we've already fallen into the trap of saying that's what Trump said. That's not what Trump has said. No, I understand. I understand. I was I was asking. IQ the question should the president of the United States or any leader have the right to name where a capital for a country is yeah. and and so those people those people that think that Trump is is uh, changing the capital from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem but he's uh, not he's simply he could he's bear with me he wants to move the embassy to Jerusalem Bernie is interpreting that by moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, that in fact Trump is recognizing that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. He's, he's taking Mr. Trump's action and putting a different spin on it. Yes, which is what the, uh, the Democrats have been doing since uh, Trump entered the race. Um, mm-hmm. But Trump has been very clear on what he said. His statement was very clear. The second sentence in it said, I am not recognizing it as the capital. I am merely moving the embassy. Right. I mean, there's a big difference. But, uh, there is a very big difference. But I guarantee you the headlines tomorrow will read that uh, uh, he's, he recognizes the state of Israel, the capital of Jerusalem. That is not what right. he's saying. Again, what he's doing is um, what IQ and, and you are saying. He doesn't like the UN. He doesn't like what's going on. He just gave them a, a punch in the eye. He, um, it's part part and parcel of. Uh, we have a very good ambassador there uh, who uh, continually punches them in the gut, and and we're do, doing what what should have been done uh, ten years ago or even twenty years ago. Which is uh, 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 tell the UN to either shape up or we'll ship out. And if we ship out, what's going to happen to the UN? It will collapse. It will. You're right. It, of course, it will collapse. There's no leadership. For God's sake, they're gangsters. 
They're gangsters. What do we have in the United Nations? 195 states. How many of them are democracies? Or, or freedom? How many? 30 of them only. Only 30. Mostly European, American, Australia, and New Zealand. That's it. End of conversation. Um, by the way, can I go sideways for a minute? Last night I saw a very interesting documentary on the death of Doc Hammarskjöld, the Secretary, Secretary General, uh, who was trying to bring peace to Katanga. And uh, the interesting thing about it, for 50 years we've heard conspiracy theories out the gazoo about how he died. And it turns out a very simple thing. They failed to mark, uh, mark a hill in the, in, the, in the way of the, the plane and the plane crashed into the hill. End of story. But for 55 years, uh, 56 years, we've heard uh, dark stories about how he was shot down or there was a bomb on board or something. Um, uh, just goes to prove, uh, in my view, that sometimes, sometimes the simplest answer is, is the uh, the right answer, um, uh, including uh, President Kennedy's death. <coughs> Boy, that's not stop conversation. No, 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 but you're right. You're absolutely right. Invariably, the simplest answer is the truth. The complicated one cannot be the truth. It's impossible. The simplest one is always the truth. I said a million times. The truth is always simple. When you look at a Muslim, I know what you're looking at. An enemy of every human being who's not a Muslim. Truth. This is a fact. Yet people are in denial. No, 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 you're exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. I never exaggerate. Every... So let me ask you... Sorry. Let me ask you... I want to ask you a question, IQ. Yep. Our, our Supreme Court yesterday voted surprisingly... Seven to two, to allow Trump to have his, his Muslim travel ban. Right. And so all all the people who came in, because the liberal courts in the United States allowed a lot of people to come in. What? For, for, so the court is basically said uh, there are some other challenges, but I my guess is seven to two, they're not going to turn over. They're not going to change their mind. So these other other challenges that are going to come through, my guess is the court's going to deny them and uh, leave the order stand. But does, does that change? There was, a, there was a reason why I'm asking the question. There seems to be a movement in Germany, the predominant place, of repatriation, about trying to find the money to send many of these Muslims <laughs> back to Syria. 3,000 euros. So, yeah, and, and there's there's talk now, that the last I've seen, I'm, I'll admit I'm a little behind, uh, that there might have to be another election in Germany and that the, the, the far right seems to be gaining in power while Andrew Merkel seems to be losing power. I'm wondering what this travel ban will do, if anything, to relations in Europe and in the Middle East. Well, in Europe... Uh, yeah, with Europe, forget about Europe. First of all, this there is no such thing as far right. That doesn't exist. The far right are the Nazis. Those people are patriots. They're not Nazis. Of course, the Nazis will associate themselves with anybody, uh, as long as mm -hmm. purposes. 
These are patriots. What I mean by patriots, like American patriots. They don't want mm -hmm. an invasion from a foreign people who will not assimilate, who will never become American. These people will never be German. Look, for 30 or 40 years, they had Turks in Germany. The gentleman before, uh, a few minutes ago, he said they, the Europeans didn't assimilate them. Not true. They will not assimilate. Full stop. End of conversation. They cannot be part and parcel of Western civilization. They are Muslims. They should stay in their country. Now, it will cost 3,000 to 4,000 euros each to return them back to Syria. Can you believe that? We're talking about a million. You talk about billions of euros now. Billions of euros. And what in the meantime, by the way, in the meantime, in Canada, they're allowing ISIS people to come back. In Germany, are allowing them to come back. And in England, they're allowing them to come back. Tell me where the logic is. What kind of rulers we have? They are mass murderers. I'm not kidding with you. As far as I'm concerned, if a single an English person get, gets killed by a terrorist, I should hold Theresa May culpable of murder. And yet she had the audacity to go against Donald Trump. She had the audacity. Yeah. But my, my question to you, sir, is that the, the, there will be a, a, an increase of uh, people from the Middle East heading to Europe because the American option is now not yes. there. Yes, I, I agree with you. Yes, they're expecting three to six million from North from Africa. Three to six million, not this year, but they're ready to come. It will flood well, you, destroy you. Yes, but a joke. This is self-destruction. This is amazing. We are in 21st century. They see what's happening all over the world. They see what the Muslims are doing to Muslims. Forget about what they're doing to Jews and Christians. They are mass killing Muslims. In Somalia, 500 people got killed. In Somalia, in one act, 515 people. In Egypt, 315 people. I mean, we don't talk about peanut numbers. And these are Muslims against Why, what? Sorry. Let me ask you. I kill I and then can I interrupt because uh, I want to just hit one more su subject. Uh, I know we have little time, but Kate Snyder, the, the the young lady that was killed by the by the deport uh, deported uh, um, uh, uh, person, and he got off with a light sentence. What's yes. your comment on yes. that? He should have been executed. And the judge, whoever it was, I don't I don't know what kind of people who go to your uh, Courts, I don't know what kind of Americans go to your courts. How could they let him go? He murdered a young woman. He is convicted five or six times, and they let him go. And they, I mean, really, he's not going to go out. Obviously not. He's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. But they gave him a light sentence. Why? I don't get it. I honestly don't. I can't. I, I can't answer what the mind. But this is is amazing. What happened? It is beneath. He, 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 um, he was not convicted of uh, first-degree murder or, man, or manslaughter. The only thing he was 
convicted for of of having an illegal weapon and um, or having a weapon illegally because it violated his quote parole. Um, but there are some people who 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 are working very hard to try and get that that sentence overturned and let him go again. Really? Um, I, I don't. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and, and the and the arrogance of the one of the attorneys who was uh, criticizing uh, the attorney general and the president of the United States, and that they should pay attention to this verdict because uh, illegals do have have rights. And and it, I just thought it was just the, the height of arrogance of the defense attorney to to chastise the attorney general and the and the president of the United States. Uh, on their rhetoric about what was going on, and and they they suggested that they may want to reconsider their reactions to this uh, uh, adjudication uh, in their tweeting or commentary. And I just thought it was just amazing that uh, we have we have a judicial system in California that doesn't look anything like many other parts of the country. I mean, all of these challenges to Trump were all taken in liberal courts in the West. And um, they were all eventually overturned. And it just seems to me to be an, an, an atrocious waste of money and resources going through this process. To have some flunky judge in Seattle, Washington, uh, decide he can decide foreign policy better than, uh, than the president of the United States, so he's going to stop uh, illegal immigration or, or the, the reduction of, of, of people coming into the country and and you know we uh, I guess my take Don is that I'm I, I'm concerned that in many cases around the country the rule of law no longer <coughs> exists that's a fact by the way it's a fact at the universities there is no yeah. rule at the universities, I mean, the level of universities, you have no rule of law. If somebody is a conservative, they hound him out. of. They won't even listen to him. They call him Nazi, Islamophobe, bigoted, racist. You have intolerance by the left, which is fascistic, which is brown shirt. Absolutely. And they are... So the I wanna, I wanna, Sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, you finish, finish. But they are the ones who call the other side fascists. Right, right. I, I'm, I'm going to change the subject real quick. I want to ask Don a question since he's the reporter and he's got more experience than all of us put together. What's going to happen with uh, the Mueller investigation? It's it's going to peter out. It's, uh, it's going to peter out. Um, it, it's very interesting. He's, he's going to try to... Um, uh, Get the go up the chain of command, but it's eventually going to peter out because um, uh, there's just too. Uh, we all are aware how the uh, his chief investigator um, wasn't not only involved with the, the Hillary investigation, but but wrote um, emails to uh, um, his paramour, uh, antitrust. Um, there is so much going on uh, in Washington. Uh, and, and Mueller is uh, rapidly losing uh, cre uh, credibility. Um, 
again, he had a very slim stuff to go on the, in the beginning. Um, they were they were hoping to use this uh, Russian dossier, uh, which has proven to be um, uh, uh, um, uh, well. How do I call it? Uh, uh, a flaming, uh, 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 f- uh, flaming uh, uh, a mistake, which is going to come back bite the um, um, uh, the Democratic uh, the National Committee and everybody else. And I do predict that uh, um, the interesting thing: there is strong feeling now coming out that uh, somebody's got to go back and look at the Hillary, uh, um, the various Hillary things that she did with with a clear unbiased eye uh so um uh, i really th- think it will peter out by the middle of next so year when the, de- when the democrats realize that they're going to lose the midterm elections not gain but right. actually lose in the midterm right. elections you're going to see three um uh see a lot of things changing that's you, you asked me that, yeah so do you think that um, that uh, Trump will fire Mueller? No. Or let his bloody melt? No. He won't fire him. Okay. No. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.